What's up, everyone? We are here reporting live from the locker room of my friend Chanel. Go ahead and tell us about yourself, and we'll hop into this. What's up, everyone? So I'm Chanel Bramschreiber. I played volleyball at Baylor for four years, um, and it was really awesome four years, and then decided to transfer to Wisconsin to finish out my last COVID year. Wow. Wow. Being super modest. <laughs> not, did She did not flex at all. We'll get we'll make, I'm going to make you flex in this inter interview. Don't all worry. Right. All right. I used to play at Baylor. Yeah, okay, that's it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, cool. So Baylor athlete, me and Chanel actually kind of go way back. I got to see, I think I met you when you were a freshman, right? I think so. Yeah. That's weird. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Um, time has flown. Um, and so you, I, I saw some of your activity on social media and thought like, man, I should, I should reach out. Um, and, uh, you know, saw you before you left. And um, from the looks of it, it's like you've kind of gone into a couple transitions and encountered a couple challenges that I think might add some normalcy and um, some give some people some initiative or passion um, that may be walking in similar shoes or just, you know, care about you and follow you. And so wanted to bring it to light. Um, but I would love to, you know, tap into a little bit of your background in depth. So you played a couple years at Baylor, as you modestly said. Um, by the way, they were leg legendary years, y'all. Like <laughs> Big 12 champs, right? Yes. Yes, we did. Like several times or just one time? Uh, one time. One time. One year. One time. But that's there still... Uh, Runner-ups. Runner-ups. So mm -hmm. legendary years. Like pretty... Am I right by saying Final Four? Yes, we did. We made it to the Final Four and had some pretty good tournament runs. So we uh, we made history. You could say that. <laughs> yeah. Flex. The flex is upon <laughs> us. Um, so, yeah, Big 12, Big 12 champs, Final Four. So she kind of went the whole nine yards as an athlete. I mean, like it doesn't, to me, as far as volleyball and watching y'all's journey, Y'all like y'all did the thing for sure. And then uh, you I don't know exactly how the transition happened, but a transition happened where you kind of went into what was what what we call in the student athlete world, like normal people life. The narcs. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> narcs. Sorry, I had to. I had to. Yeah. The narcs. It's a thing, you know. Definitely there's big. a reason why there's two different cafeterias at Baylor. Uh -huh. um, so no, anyway, so you you transition into kind of living that life. And um, as a former athlete myself, I know that there's multiple angles of challenge and change and realization that comes with that. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that transition and what it was like for you. Yeah, it was... Um... It wasn't easy, I can tell you that. I had a semester left after our season was over, uh, fall of 2021. And during that time, I actually had an internship with Baylor Athletics. And I knew I wanted to stay in the athletic realm because I've just grown up in that and it's something that I love. 
and I'm always going to be passionate about. So I found a way to keep myself in the loop and stay around my people who I love and just still support athletics in any way that I could. So I was a social media intern and I got to go to all the spring events. So women's basketball, men's basketball, um, all of the tennis matches. We had some track and field and then the football spring game, Akron tumbling. There was a ton of stuff going on. So I was constantly still running circles around campus, making sure that people were getting exposure, um, even the equestrian team. So Oh, wow. Think, You're really, yeah. really working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think one of the only things I wasn't at was golf, unfortunately. I'm sorry, golf. Um, but I did whatever I could to just stay around the people that have supported me and helped me grow as um, a student athlete and just a person my entire career there. So it was weird um, being kind of towards my my normal person um, self. I wouldn't even consider it a normal person. It just wasn't mm -hmm. the normal for me because that's yeah. all I've done. You know, it's all I know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it was difficult trying to find what I'm supposed to do with all this time and like the hobbies that I want to do, the kind of people I want to hang out with, because I'm not forced to be with a team anymore. Mm. I'm not forced to be at all of these certain things like lift, film, practice, pregame, you yeah. know, all of that kind of stuff. So I just had so much freedom that I didn't even know what to do with myself. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, um, not to interrupt, I'll let you finish, but um, would you say, you know, you kind of discovered – I had a moment when that happened where I discovered what do I actually do naturally when no one's telling me what to do or like giving mm -hmm. me a schedule regimen. Mm -hmm. Like I, I started seeing like, what do I actually like and what do I actually do? Do you feel like you had some of that introspection going on? 100%. I was like, who am I? <laughs> like, I don't yep. know. I don't know what I even like to do outside of, oh, I'm, I'm in the gym, you know, like I'm, I'm working out. I am mm -hmm. out here just trying to get touches with my teammates and do everything I possibly can to make sure I'm performing at my highest level and feeling good about myself. So it was mm -hmm. tough um, trying to find that balance of like, hmm, I have the choice to pick what I want to do right now. And it was really weird. I will say, though, despite not having to be in the gym and working out, that is something I thoroughly enjoy just by myself and having like a healthy, active yeah. lifestyle. So I still went mm -hmm. um, and was able to use facilities to lift and train, even with the team. Like I was welcome to come to practices and I took advantage of that when I could and mm -hmm. uh, just hung out with my teammates despite not being actively on the roster anymore you were doing a lot but it wasn't what you were used to mm -hmm. yeah um um and a lot of the introspection was going on about like who am i that is the biggest question that actually changed my life was like that when i asked that question for the first time like dang like outside of what i do even though I love basketball, I'll play it till this day. Like, who, who am, who is Ryan? Like, what do I? I don't even know what I like to do for fun. At least yeah. I, like, outside of basketball, um, 
You know, it wasn't until I was like 22 or something that I realized that I liked hiking. Like I love going mm-hmm. on hikes because I actually went on one because I had time to, time. you know, <laughs> like, yeah. mm-hmm. um, um, so I guess during that period did, you know, you're still kind of in the arena, you're still playing, you're still uh, engaged with athletics in a way with social media, um, you know, but you're not living your normal. Did that kind of spur you on to to say, hey, I actually might go back into to volleyball or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I knew that I wasn't done playing yet. I knew that for a fact, even did, like when we lost um, our last game, ironically, which was here in Wisconsin against Minnesota was my mm-hmm. last game with Baylor and I was like having a mental breakdown. Like I just did not like see myself ever getting to this point. Like as a little girl, I was like, oh, what am I going to be when I grow up? Like, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to go play volleyball in college. After that, I had no freaking idea. I had no idea. So I was kind of like, I was panicking. But I will say that during my senior year, I had more time. Um, I was in grad school. So I wasn't overwhelmed with all of like the general courses and stuff like that. And I would try to get out and I would be outside in Waco, like doing hikes, going to by the river, um, even like Touchdown Alley. I swear I lived over in Touchdown Alley um, because I just (laughs) wanted to be like on the turf outside and just kind of get out um, in space, you know. Mm -hmm. But I knew I wasn't done playing, like I said, Mm -hmm. and wanted to explore professionally and see what that entailed. And that was super exciting because I would have the chance to travel and play, which would just be, you know, a dream come true. But unfortunately there weren't any opportunities and I knew I had my fifth year and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I just have to take this opportunity and do what I can with it, you know, despite what obstacles that may come, all the waivers and stuff that we'll get into later. But I knew 100% I wanted to be back and I knew I wanted to come back the best version of myself that I can. And I think having that time off sparked um, even like a bigger fire in me to just be even more consistent, even more disciplined, just literally all the tedious little things that I feel like we kind of take for granted and can start to fall off during your normal time before it passes. You just like completely hop on um because it's such limited time you know you can only play college sports for let's say like five years I would say mm-hmm. somewhere now not even four or five with all the red shirts and COVID so mm-hmm. um yeah I and mean, there's just so much that we don't even realize um is so helpful and that it may seem annoying in the time but when you're done you end up missing it and want to be back in that kind of environment mm-hmm what was it like? Uh, what was it like getting back, or did you have to get back in physical shape? Like, um, you know? yeah, honestly, the physical part wasn't a big deal for me. Like I said, like I like working out and I enjoy working out. And when I'm at home, half the time I'm at like a football field or something at the indoor at a high school, mm-hmm. or I'm at my club mm-hmm. gym working out um, okay. with girls that are back for the summer. So that part honestly wasn't hard. I feel like the biggest part for that was like getting back into diving on the floor. That part, my body did not miss. I will tell you that. Oh, um, yeah. All the bones and cracking and all that kind of stuff is back, but you know, it's bones crack. Like I, 
even with the pen oh yeah absolutely i mean joints and stuff you know i'm not talking fractures i'm just talking you know the old old people pops and aches and stuff that kind of faded off yeah you you should know all about this come on now any yeah, okay. I thought you were saying like, oh, it's like a skateboarder. You know how skateboarders oh, are just known that they break mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, oh yeah, yeah we no, just break. We're not going that far. Okay, no, cool. no, 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 no. Like, yo, that's uh, not a level. <laughs> a physical yeah. shape was straight, but what about physical mental? Like getting your getting your mind right. Mm-hmm. I felt like I kind of had a good buffer of time between me committing to Wisconsin and then getting actually back onto the court while I was here. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like mentally the biggest obstacle was like just kind of finding myself and my role on a new team, you know, cause like for four years you get pretty comfortable, you know, everybody, you know, um, the type of leadership style that you have and how people respect you here. And so mm-hmm. now you got to redo that entire process. Um, but once I was over that, I mean, I love the team here. I love the girls. The coaching staff mm. is awesome. And they really emphasize the mental toughness here. And we even read a book called Confidence Code. And I think all athletes should read it. I think it's pretty helpful. Um, okay. But yeah, but like actually being on the court again was just like reviving, you know? Yeah. So I felt like it just almost unlocked like a mental part that I might have shut out like in my normal life. Like it almost like released like the normalcy that we were talking about earlier back yeah. into me and my personality, you know? Uh yeah. I know that in a micro, micro way. Just like yeah. getting back on a court for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um obviously not back on a collegiate level, but like there were some times where I I played a little bit like overseas recreationally. And just like the the something about there being a scoreboard and a crowd and I don't mm-hmm. know something about that was just like, mm-hmm. can I do this full time? <laughs> um, right. yeah. So okay, that's cool. So mm-hmm. you love the girls, you got your mind right, body right, and then Boom. from to what I hear you know, something, something went on. There was a blocker. There was a yeah challenge. Yeah. So the NCAA has a rule to where if you sign with the agent, you forfeit all eligibility. And I just cannot believe that this rule even exists because you have men's basketball, men's hockey, men's baseball, who have these exceptions because they have these established leagues and everything, which is great. I'm not saying that like, you know, screw them. I can't believe they can do this. We can't. But like, why do these sports and they have these resources, which is awesome. And then sports like volleyball, where everything is overseas and to chase that professional career, there's like so many language barriers and just difference in rules in the different countries you're in. So like you need an agent to at least see like who is looking, you know? Mm. So um due to me signing with him like nothing no opportunities were there whatever so I I chose to come back um and they don't want that they don't want to see me back so I had to go through a legal process I got a legal team um the Wisconsin compliance has been awesome and they're doing literally everything that they can to try to get me back sooner than later um but I had to put in two waivers one was cleared fine the other one with the agent 
uh, wasn't. They denied it. And then we had to go through the appeal process. Um, that's where the law team had to come in. And that was kind of nerve wracking a little bit. You know, I'm talking mm-hmm. to the NCAA committee board. And at first I was like, dang, like I, I'm really doing this. But I feel like that's just how much the sport and this small amount mm. of time means to me, you know, like I would absolutely yeah. lay out everything that I can, all the weapons that I have to make sure that I can get what I deserve, you know? Um, yeah. So after the appeal, the ruling was I had to set out 50% of my season, which was, I was relieved a little bit at the fact that I even, that they said yes, you know, because they could have said no and I could be back in Texas right now. But then the other part of me is like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm 50%. I'm still pissed. Fifty percent. No way. And it still counts as like it leans on your um, year of eligibility. Like it's still, it's not like you get that time. The time you're not playing still counts as you using your eligibility. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah. you basically don't have your whole My allotted whole yeah man yeah. insane so i'm you know i'm losing time on the court um in preseason to like get any conference before conference starts all those nerves out getting chemistry with the team i think is really big um and missing a lot of like just cool stuff especially as a new person to the program like yeah. you know home opener you have we have a huge game against florida coming up in the cole center uh that's going to be like breaking records for attendance um and just not being able to put on a jersey and i've been here every single day you know working my butt off like everybody else and then i have to sit mm-hmm. out it's like you know i feel like i'm injured and i feel bad for those people because i've also yeah. been through that process my first year so mm-hmm but like not even being injured. Like I'm perfectly capable of being out yeah. there and I'm and it's, not allowed it's, to. Yeah. Wow, bro. And like, you know, I don't know if it's like this for volleyball, but for basketball, the, that 50, that first 50% or some of the games in that first 50%, there is a value to those games. Like Absolutely. all the things you, you were saying, but there's a value of some of the games you, you aren't, you're not going to play them, play these people in conference. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, you kind of show what you can do outside of your conference as a team, as a player. Mm-hmm. And there's there's just so many pluses of being a part of that, you know, pre I don't know if it's preseason, but that first mm-hmm. half um, um, yeah. that you don't. Not that it's l- less or more important, but it's just different than conference play. It's just it's a, yeah. a I, at least I don't know if it's that way for volleyball, but like mm-hmm. that that fifty percent, you're definitely missing more than just games. Like absolutely, you're not you're not just missing out on like I don't get to play. It's it's more than that, right? Because I'm mean, this half is a huge contributor to like the last half, and mm-hmm. like building what kind of team you're going to be and you can't do that, you know, sitting, sitting off or building a leadership role or establishing your voice Mm -hmm. on the court. um, Yeah. And just sharing like crucial game time information that I might know. And, you know, I can't scream and have them hear that all the way, you know, from the back corner. So it's, uh, it's a bummer. I miss out all preseason and going into the big 10 conference. So some teams 
that I've never played before and I never get to play because uh, it's not like the Big 12. We don't play everyone, you know, a guaranteed two times. Some are yeah. only one and then some are twice. So it's unfortunate. Dang. Mm-hmm. I can – I and even – from walking, watching you and following you, uh, you when you were at Baylor, mm-hmm. I can see how on another level it's tough because you operate like a leader. Like you're not a, uh, you're not just kind of out there for a good time. I can tell, I can tell you got like a. <laughs> it's weird to sit and watch and not like mm-hmm. be not not one be in the action, but then two like helping navigate the action helping lead mm-hmm. people through the action it's like you you know you're kind of a you have a you have a quarterback vibe on the I don't know if that makes sense but it, you have like a a key player vibe on the court mm-hmm. and so I can see how that's super you could feel out of your element a lot like Very on another much. level because of that absolutely yeah and volleyball we call um the setters are like the quarterbacks and mm-hmm. then the liberos are like the linebackers, you know, like captains of defense. And so I see where, I see where you're going with the comparison for Got sure, you. but it, yes, that's it. Yeah. It, it makes me sick sitting on the side. Like I actually physically get nauseous on game days because I haven't felt like this since, you know, my freshman mm-hmm. year when I was sitting out and I was hurt. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's even worse than that, you know, but it's very odd and i do i do miss like kind of having the role of helping people direct um themselves and just like the team on the Mm -hmm. court during like crucial points because i feel like you know i've been doing this for years i do have a lot of knowledge about the game Mm -hmm. grew up my mom's a coach like i feel like i kind of have a coach's mind so there's Mm -hmm. you know a lot going on that i can't get out and it makes me like (laughs) just kind of like anxious sitting there you know crazy a little bit 